Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is key WMS trends for 2023 with my friend Jim Heflin. How's it going, Jim? Joe, it's fantastic. We're, we're kind of doing this podcast like as this big storm rolls in across the Midwest, which, as we all know, is going to create all kinds of logistics challenges. Oh, so yes. Have to be in the middle of it and... You know, we'll see how the supply chain reacts with yet another punch. We're up for the challenge. We can take it. We are. I'm very excited to talk about this topic. And so, well, the reason I'm very excited to talk about this topic is because WMS has become so important, especially to our e-commerce business. But it was always very important to our retail business and our wholesale business. But we never talked about it as much as we do now because of the e-commerce. But anyway, Jim's an expert in all this. So, Jim... Please introduce yourself and your company and where you're calling from today. So I'll start with calling from Reston, Virginia at the headquarters of Softion. I'm the CEO of Softion, which is a warehouse management systems provider. Came on board just about a month ago, so still in early days getting my feet wet, but I have a long-standing logistics background. So Softion itself offers a broad integrated suite of supply chain solutions, right? It's anchored with Warehouse management, which is really what happens inside the four walls, warehouse warehouse execution, which sometimes sits on top and creates the next level of sophistication and optimization of what happens in the warehouse, and then distributed order management modules, which typically ride between an ERP, a higher level, and multiple warehouses to figure out where's the best uh, spot to fulfill things out of. It's it's a, a typical collection of uh, intellectual property assets for Softion to have or our competitors in the market. I come from a long lineage of working with supply chain, uh, starting way back when, I hate to admit, you know, how long ago. <laughs> right. with Yeah, before you get to that, I want to ask you a question. You started to say something about some of the sophistication of your systems. And for people who are not day-to-day inside of warehouses, I want to point this out is that we always had warehouse management systems, I don't know, 30 years, whatever it's been. And it was kind of a simple system. It was almost like an inventory management system. I brought it in, I added it to my inventory, I made a note of where it goes on the shelf. And then when it leaves, I update my system. And I thought, yeah, beautiful. And I think if you ask most people, laymen like myself outside of the day to day of warehouse, they'd say, yep, that's what it is. Except it that that is not nearly good enough today to get to to support same day next day the the supply chain is also re- tied to how things come in and get out of warehouses and uh, it can't be that simple anymore it is anything but simple anymore joe i think you're exactly right so when you're looking at supply chains and really when you we kind of look at the the large, the mid-sized companies and what their challenges are, you know, they've got logistics costs, they've got inventories that are across multiple locations, they're looking to improve customer service. So you're talking about same day, next day, things that I, I expect to go in, put an order in and see it show up at four o'clock this afternoon if I order before 10 a.m. To drive that kind of agility and improvement, the 
the systems that were there 20 years ago, which was a very simple stock locator, I receive things, I add the balance, I ship things, I decrement the balance. Those are gone or almost extinct at this point. What you need is you need a collection of solutions that help make that decisioning and then, you know, help make decisioning across different facilities and then help to really optimize what happens in a facility. Because think about a warehouse, it's all about throughput. It's about flow. And if you are brute force, just dropping orders and trying to, to fulfill the orders, you're not getting any optimization of flow. So if you're going through four pick locations or bulk pick versus case pick, it's it needs to be at that next level. And when it's operating at a next level of optimization, you know, you just get much higher throughput through the facility with the same number of people and the same number of vehicles, material handling equipment. That's what it's about now. Right. And, you know, we think about the guys who are working those. Well, we have we have shortages of, of headcount virtually everywhere, it seems. I heard somebody say this the other day. We have more warehouses than we have experts at managing warehouses. And I thought, well, that's an interesting thing. They said they're they're not growing on trees. We we need to develop the next uh, the next generation of people who can manage warehouses. And I was thinking, and that goes along with the software that you guys provide. But also, you need to be able to say, is it even my warehouse? If I have a warehouse in Chicago and one in Detroit, and says this has to deliver to Cleveland today. Maybe in the olden days, say, well, I'll make a phone call or I'll send an email. <laughs> that's not that's not the way it works today. Anyway, Jim, before we get into the trends, tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Give us some career highlights before you, you joined Softdad. I know you've been in this business for a long time. I grew up in a little town called Kenosha, Wisconsin, which is in the southeast corner of Wisconsin. Uh, I, I grew up at a time after the the Braves left and went to Atlanta before the Brewers were incorporated. So I always tell people I'm a little, you know, a little bipolar on the, I'm a Green Bay Packer fan and a Chicago Cubs fan. So, you know, my, my childhood was impacted by nobody winning for the longest time, but you know, that's, that's who I am. I'm in that sweet spot of just a few people that uh, grew up that way. Uh, early in my career, I was a software developer. Wait, what'd you go to school for? I went to school for software development. You so I was a software engineer. I went to a tech college, Gateway Tech, and then I did additional courses in the UW system, very University nice, of Wisconsin system, nice. and then I did an MBA at Rollins in Florida. Yeah, you've been there, done that, got the hat when it comes to the education then. <laughs> been there, done that, and then you know started in the ranks of developing software and then taking over software groups and expanding my career through doing implementations, taking over implementation teams, learning about acquisitions. So I was very fortunate uh, early in my career to get plugged into McHugh Software, which turned into Red Prairie, which turned into JDA, which turned into Blue Yonder. And I was there through the time period from very early through when they reverse merged with JDA. They were over $340 million in revenue, give or take. And so really got an MBA in business through that experience and that that prepped me then to go on to a later stage of my career and lead companies and change how they how they operated, scale them for business. So you you obviously had a lot of choices, and there's a lot of demand for people like you. Why did you join Softion? Oh, that's an easy answer. You know, if once once you become a, a warehouse person and it's in your DNA, 
it is it's really hard to get that out of your dna the the sound of being in a warehouse the activity of being in a warehouse that connection between a system solution and physical movement of product it's it's really one of the only i think professions where you you get that so many systems so many solutions that are out there technology solutions are they're business systems that are behind the scenes right if you think about logistics you're seeing your your software in action and i think that orchestration and that activity that comes from it in a real visual sense. I don't know. It's, it's something that is, once it's in your blood, you love doing it. And I have a high level of respect for logistics professionals, everybody from, you know, highest level operators, warehouse supervisors to people on the floor. I, I, in early in my career, I was always struck by when you implemented a system and you're talking to the warehouse workers, you could ask them a question about uh, a pick or a movement of a pallet that happened hours before, or maybe even the day before. And I'd say, do you remember what it you know, asked you to do with this? It's out of place now. And they'd say, oh, yeah, I remember exactly. It told me to go here. I picked this up. Then it said, go over here and put it down. Then it said, pick it back up. Then it said this. And, and it struck me as you have people that are doing transactions all day long in and out. And they could recall exactly, you know, what the system told them to do. So it, it's just a different thing. And so when I was presented with Softion, I said, that is an opportunity to, to get back into that core of what I really started my career in. And the company itself has got incredible technology, founder-led, built, got to, you know, a size where it needs to scale and really move up, professionalize its uh, service organization, really expand to take on you know, more projects through partners and through you know organic growth here. And I know how to do those things. So it was a it was a irresistible opportunity that drove me here. Yeah. Well, I've interviewed Dan Gilmore on the podcast about a softian, and I, I've also talked to him offline. Done real well in Gartner. Done real well. And if you look at uh, go on 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 the system on, on the website, you'll see how many people are using the system that are, you know, big big brands using it, big warehousing companies too. So you, you mentioned that you've been in this business for a while. When was the first first WMS in, installed? I don't even have a sense for that. Is it 25, 30 years ago? Oh, I think the early days of WMS go back to, yeah, it would be 80, it would be mid eighties, right? And, and they were customized solutions. So some of the pioneers back then were looking no at them and they were, they, <laughs> yep, there was no internet. And then, then in the late, 80s and early 90s is when they started to kind of productize and you know kind of move away from being just custom systems to here's a here's a solution set yeah and those would have been big old servers and uh it would have been a one-off so wouldn't it, it, it there was nothing to connect it to the next warehouse or to your other systems for the most part right yep they were very standalone inside the four walls and they did the job they needed to do much as you said earlier which was log what was coming in, log what was going out, and provide a little bit of management of the workforce to make it as make it a little more optimal than it was. Yeah. And by the way, I still get phone calls from little 3PLs that own warehouses and say, we don't have a WMS yet. And I'm like, well, 
I have no idea. And all I can envision is they're doing it with Excel spreadsheets. And it just seems like, <laughs> I mean, that, <laughs> they're, they're, they're a few generations behind on that stuff. But anyway, let's switch gears. I want to talk about key WMFs trends. And when we say WMS, we mean warehouse management system for those who, who don't know that. We, we talked about a few before we hit record here. And I want to talk about those, what is it? One, two, three, four trends that you see as increasingly important for the new year and beyond. So what is the first trend we should talk about for 2023 and beyond? I think we should talk about the, the acceleration of these, these systems, these solutions moving to a cloud deployment technology stack. So historically, people were afraid to move it. They wanted that control inside the warehouse. They were worried about connectivity, kind of connections to material handling equipment and RF terminals and a lot of the devices that you use to automate picking and, and putaways. There was a concern that the latency over the web was going to cause issues. And in early days, that was an issue. But now, you know, the, the connectivity and things have progressed to the point where it's really not, the concerns aren't warranted. So we are installing many large customers cloud-based. They're running material handling systems. They're running you know, automation. It has not been a problem. 100% of the customers we installed uh, with complex DCs in 2022, they were all cloud-based. So, And you know, just to clarify, cloud-based, what it means is I don't have servers sitting in my warehouse or close to my warehouse. I'm doing that processing. I'm doing all of the transactions you know, either out at Amazon or Microsoft Azure, Google Cloud, wherever it is, depending on your needs. But you've removed that from your infrastructure, your infrastructure costs. And, you know, it's great because you don't have to have a tech staff that's really focused on managing servers and all the thing that go all the things that come with that infrastructure. Right. And that might also involve like if you know, I, I can speak because I'm old enough to remember some of these things. Now, I was not using warehouse management systems, but I was using other systems in the eighties. And I always remember as you would get systems, you you had to have unique staff. I, I mentioned this before when I talked to Dan Gilmore. Sometimes those that staff had built these these systems that were one offs. So you add some stuff on, and then when there'd be an upgrade, they would send disks. And now you could get that stuff over the internet. But the problem was sometimes your server wasn't up, didn't have enough computing power for the next generation, for the next update. So you would have to update your server. And by the way, people are still doing that. And if I'm using the cloud, the, I can get extra capacity or capability if I need it. And I don't have, there's no waiting six weeks or get hiring a whole bunch of people. I just get it. Right. Yeah. Very true. Very true. So you get the new installs. You can, you know, we always work with customers on when they want those installs because these systems are typically connected to a lot of different other areas to your, your core ERP, to material handling equipment, to, you know, conveyor, whatever. And however those integrations are put together, they've been tested and, you know, not only for, quality but for throughput and for connectivity and so we we don't just drop in a new install without you know notifying anybody we go through a process of making sure they understand there's some new things and we can validate them if we need to validate them but you're exactly right now when there are new features new 
new things, I can take advantage of those as a customer where I didn't have to, you know, I don't have to go through a whole revalidation, whole re-implementation process. Those, those are there for me to, to take. Customers are very satisfied with this. Right. So using the cloud, you mentioned the term latency, and then that was one of the concerns. What is latency? That's a great question. Latency is, if you think about a material handling equipment in, in the early days, a sorter, for example, I, I wrote software back in the early days where the warehouse management system would be talking to a sorter through a digital device and I would actually be giving the command to the sorter after getting a read from a scanner to which sort lane it needed to go down. Well, that that processing needed to happen. I needed to get the, the, the scan from the sorter and then I needed to respond and tell the diverter that you are going to divert this package within, you know, half a second or a quarter of a second. That was the latency. That was that was the amount of time I had to respond. If you are going out over the internet in a little bit of a less controlled fashion, sometimes that would happen in a half second. Sometimes it happens in two seconds. I mean, everybody knows how browsers work and how connectivity over the internet isn't as you know, completely sophisticated. But now there's techniques where you can have, you know, virtual private network set up so that you don't combat all the other traffic on the internet. And there are warehouse execution modules and the material handling equipment vendors have built on layers that allow you to be a little less time dependent. So right. the, the way that things, and, and if you lose connectivity or you're losing that connection for a little bit of time, then there's catch-up mode. So you have a little bit of offline and you've removed that dependency on latency. Yep. And so you mentioned that latency. Now, I think most of us who are not in warehouses, we still use productivity software, we use email. So I uh, use Microsoft Outlook when, I don't even remember when it happened, but I stopped getting disks to upload Word and Microsoft Excel and all that stuff. It all went to the cloud. And every once in a while, you'll notice a half a second, a quarter second, whatever it is. It's a very small, almost um, impossible to notice unless you're looking for it, delay. And perhaps that's because it's going out through the internet and uh, going to the cloud. But the good part is I don't have a whole bunch of disks. I don't have to manage that, which is a pain in the ass. And by the way, does that hurt my day-to-day? Does my, do I ever at the end of the day go, man, it was really slow to the computer, was, uh, the internet or whatever was really slow today. No, not, not a problem. So we deal with latency in all our other systems right now. Virtually everything's moving to the cloud. Yep. It's very true. So that's the first one. So the move to the cloud, and and I can't tell you the guys enough. I've spent a lot of time using these old mainframes back in the olden days and having guys who manage those systems and kept those systems moving that's a giant pain in the ass. That's the, what most companies do not want to take on that burden. And I'll tell you, those guys, not all of them, but I remember times when those guys could become complete divas because they knew our whole business ran through their expertise and their office. And 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 uh, they could, if they quit, you would panic. You you needed those guys to please stay two weeks until we get somebody new. It, that is the bad part of having the old server systems. Very true. You you lived it more than I did, I'm sure. <laughs> I did live it. And 
you know, it all comes it all comes back, Joe, to what you said earlier is that, you know, there's there's labor challenges that are broad based. It's not just in logistics. It's everywhere. Right. You can't can't hardly go into a restaurant that's running at full. That's the truth right now. Man, man. Yeah, we lost it. We lost a lot of the labor force. And when you look at supply chain, you've got labor in terms of tech labor, IT labor that would support systems. You got labor, you know, in the form of floor workers, pickers. And that's that's why all of these things are moving for movement to the cloud. It's about easier upgrades. It's about reducing that labor requirement, sometimes not even because of cost. It's because of the fact that it's just easier to put it in the cloud. And I don't have to try to find that tech labor to support servers and systems. Right. And the, impl- the implementations different. go so much smoother because when you're working with this softy on team, they say, this is that going to be a problem as opposed to let us come out and see your system. Let us, let's see if your, your server's up to the challenge. None of that hassle. I'm sure you guys, None could of still, that hassle. I'm sure you guys could still do that hassle if you had to, but hopefully we don't have to for much longer. So what's the next trend that we should be looking for in WMS in the coming year? The next trend is really a, a continued expansion of integration to material handling systems. And, you know, you sound like a broken record. I sound like a broken record, but it comes back to those labor shortages. So if I'm running a warehouse and I'm doing, you know, piece picking operations and I used to have a dozen people that would piece pick and I, I can't hire that staff, it's really difficult to keep staff on, you know, employed I'm going to look to material handling equipment that will automate that. And whether it's carousels and I have two pickers or whatever it is, robotics, I'm going to look to say, how can I augment my capacity with non-humans because I can't get humans? And it's, again, I, I think it's just about the severe labor shortages. Certainly there's a cost benefit, so I don't want to make it sound like there's not a cost benefit, but where... In the past, I think material handling equipment, it was used really in the most obvious areas. Now, I think because it's getting better and it's getting more sophisticated and we're dealing with all these challenges in labor, it's just going to be much more prevalent. So that says to the WMS trends, I have to be really good at it. I have to be (laughs) uh, able to connect and talk to two, three, four, five different times types of material handling equipment and be that integrator in the middle of it and be consistent and, you know, give the responses quickly. You do things like you build simulators so you can test the communication and the performance before we ever show up, you know, mobile robots, things like that. We provide direct integration and optimization with partners so that you don't even, you don't even go through a, oh, how do I have to build this? We walk in the door and say, if you're using this kind of equipment, we have it all pre-built and pre-connected. Right. So if there's a new, so if there's a, I'm sure there's existing material handling companies out there and they're already integrated with them to some extent. So when, when, when I, as the warehouse owner call you and say, Hey, uh, Jim, I got a real problem. I want to bring on a new line and I got to buy this equipment, this equipment, this equipment, you say, no problem. We're, we got you there's, and, and it's not, and I know we've had, we're so scarred perhaps by huge implementation times and huge implementation costs that we've all had in the past, no matter what you were doing, one system didn't talk to another system that is going away with the modern WMS, not, not with the, uh, 
Not with the one-off systems necessarily. You still are going to have those problems. But when you have a system like Softion, you're going to be able to say, yeah, no problem. Or if it's a brand new, brand new, no one's ever implemented before, you guys will do a brand new one. But for the most part, everything's integrated, right? Yes, we will do brand new ones. And the, the, the key there is since we've done a number of these material handling integrations, we understand that the conversational nature of what has to happen when you come up with a new one, when somebody comes out and, you know, they got flying, you know, <laughs> drone pickers and it'll still be that same conversation. It's really important because in material handling, you have to have the, you have to have that certainty of giving, giving the communication, the communication got accepted. Uh, and then there's always what happens in air conditions. I can't find the product or, you know, the drone crashed into some other piece of material handling equipment. So that there's, there are things that if you're not used to doing it, if you're not, if you're not a, a WMS that's been in the middle of a lot of material handling equipment, you'll stumble a little bit because you don't think about all the edge cases and the air cases. And that's part of the, that's part of the solution. It needs to be there so that you can recover. Right. And by the way, I, the, implementing these material handling systems to your point is going to be the future. It's not something that's uh, just because of the labor shortage. It's going to continue. And by the way, I say this all the time on my podcast. I'm an automotive guy. I spent most of my career in there. When I started in automotive uh, 150 years ago, that job was a job that you went, if you went to the assembly plant, you came home dirty, sweaty, tired, and maybe even injured. It was extremely tough work. By the time, if you walk through a modern automotive plant, any automotive plant now, you'll not see people getting dirty, not getting sweaty. They're not lifting. There's nobody getting hurt. And when I say hurt, it's not just hurt like, uh, oh, I got I dropped something on my hand. It's the, the repetitive nature of lifting something or having to crouch or having to be on your tiptoes all day. That same problem exists in warehouses. We can't have somebody, especially as you get older, I can speak to this, guys. As you get older, you can't have somebody who's in their I bet you can't have somebody in their 30s and 40s walking seven miles a day, having to jump up and uh, onto uh, ladders to pick something up and then walk back down that ladder and expect that there's any longevity to it. So we've got to make that job, first off, sound good. It's one thing to say, Jim, you're going to go work in this this warehouse and you're going to learn all this technology you're going to be part of the modern supply chain. That's a lot different than saying, Jim, you look like you can walk 10 miles a day and lift a lot of stuff. <laughs> you're like, I can. I just don't want to. So <laughs> we got to make this better. Exactly true. Yep. And it's the same with, by the way, it's the same with, uh, we talk about this a lot with truck drivers. You know, the people who execute on the supply chain, the guys, that, uh, these are a lot of times entry level, we want them to stay in this business. We want to say, I started in a warehouse. I started driving a truck. I, I talked to one of the CEOs of the, one of the train companies. He started driving as an engineer. So that's what we want. We want these people to stay in, not say, yeah, I did it while I went to school and then I moved into a, a real job. So anyway, so we talked about moving to the cloud. We talked about the increasing needs for material handling integration. That's means so I can bring on any new material handling, make those jobs easier. What's the next one we want to talk about? I think we want to talk about something that's, you know, it's been around a while, so it's not brand new, but it's it's warehouse execution systems. You'll hear them referred to as WES. But in the past few years, 
really because of e-fulfillment, they've become more important. And a WES tends to sit on top of our WMS or a different third-party WMS, and it really delivers a higher level of picking orchestration and optimization beyond what advanced WMSs can do. So, you know, it's it's easy to say that, but you're really looking for, it's a little bit of proactive and starting to pull in some artificial intelligence. It's looking for bottlenecks in that flow. So remember, we, we talk about a, a facility that's got all kinds of different picks from different types of areas down to some type of dock, whatever it is, it needs to have good flow and balance between the different picking areas and replenishments, whatever needs to happen in advance of picking to optimize everything that's coming out. And a WES, a WES will take that to the next level and it'll look at historical flow, it'll look at orders and it'll say, it'll give you smart enough to do what at, what if, how do I proactively manage this goods flow? If something is coming out of the normal trend line, it'll let me go and address that. So that's what it does. And it'll automatically start releasing work to the floor. It, it can become almost a waveless picking type solution. So in instead of having people that are looking at your orders and trying to manually figure out which pieces to put together and then generate waves of picks out to a floor, this will become more autonomous and, and do that automatic picking. So it's a game changer in warehouse software. And it continues that trend of, I don't have enough people, so what do I do? I, I try to automate. Right. So when I, correct me if I go straight here, because uh, this is this this is still new to me, the warehouse execution systems, is I want throughput. If I have a warehouse, I want throughput. I want stuff taken out of this warehouse, put onto a truck, and I want that truck to leave. I don't want them to be waiting for an hour for the last two things that have to be put on it, right? Exactly. So now will my WES make sure that, that I'm getting that taken care of in, in a the most efficient, meaning use, using the least amount of resources way? It, it will, yes. It'll, it'll build on top of normal waving activity, which you get in a WMS. It'll build on top of that waving with some extra intelligence uh, and forecasting capabilities to, to better fill that truck. Yeah, in an ideal world, you're exactly right. I, I have a, a truck show up and, and I'm, you know, maybe I've already have some of the product staged and I start moving that into the truck as the last picks come down, go in the truck, boom, you shut the door and out you go. That's, that's the ideal. And I think a, WMS, a WES will help you achieve that by better understanding kind of the resource availability and the bottlenecks in the facility. But then you have to balance that also with things like you have carrier cutoff times, you have high priority orders. So, you know, one of the biggest challenges is in logistics is there is no normal. The, the abnormal is the normal. I can be in the middle of doing the most optimal wave or the most optimal picks for a truck. And I get a high priority order down at 4.05 and it needs to be to the dock by 4.20 because, you know, UPS is going out at 4.30 you're going to have to find a way to insert that order in, and it's going to disrupt something, right? And that's a WS will help you do that as well. Right. And I know a lot of companies in e-commerce, they judge themselves is, I think you said it earlier, if, if I get that order by two o'clock, it will go out that day. So if I get something at 159 and, and I say that truck is 
getting ready to leave, I, I've got to make sure it doesn't leave without this because I'm be, that's, that hits my key performance indicators, right? Very true. So you, you use the term waving. What is, what's, what is, in terms of warehouse, what is wave? It's a great question. So in a, in a more sophisticated WMS, let's start with the less sophisticated warehouse management system. Orders will come down from whatever your order processing system is. Maybe they know you have inventory. Maybe they don't know. There's so many dependencies. But in a, I think, state-of-the-art, you'll get order lines released to the warehouse when there's an expectation you have inventory. What waving does, it lets you look at all of these lines. So maybe you want to do all single single line orders first, and it'll let you sort and make a collection of those lines. And then you can generate a wave and a wave will typically kind of have a couple phases. The first phase is if there's not product in forward picking locations that you need to complete that wave, it'll generate letdown replenishment, start moving product. And then you'll watch the wave in its, in its entirety because it's, it's a batch of orders and the subsequent picks that you make sure go through and then you complete that wave. You, if you don't mind, use an example just so just to make that a little more easy to, to grasp that concept. Well, for example, if I wanted to back to UPS picking. So if, if it's a three o'clock in the afternoon and I'm, I know UPS is going to bring their final truck at five o'clock, I am likely going to go look for all the UPS orders I can sort and I'll by do that. a wave of UPS orders. And so maybe that wave of orders that are all getting shipped UPS, uh, maybe it's 20 different part numbers, maybe... 10 of those part numbers are all case picks. So they're coming out of a case pick area. Maybe, you know, 10 of those are some type of piece pick combination, have to get overpacked. So the wave will will pull all of those, let you sort and pull all those orders together and then generate the picking activity. And the first thing would be to generate any movement of cases to a forward piece pick location those will all happen, and then it'll distribute the picks out to the different areas. I'll have piece pickers. I'll run and do the picks I need to do. Those, I think I said 10 part numbers. I'll have the other 10 part numbers. I'll have case pickers out there case picking, and the piece pickers will overpack into cases, and then it'll all go down to the UPS line. And somewhere in there, either as part of the picking will get labeled or down at a UPS area will get labeled and shipped out. Yep, and this is this is all in 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 support of being more effective, meaning reaching the desired state and then being more efficient using the minimum amount of resources. Because what you don't want is, again, to say this this takes wear and tear on the person, but it's also super inefficient if you say, hey, Joe, I need you to run over to that shelf and grab that and walk that back over here. And I'm meanwhile, I'm going to sort through this manually and see what should be going to that UPS truck. That That kind of stuff makes life miserable and inside the plant and it, it's going to reduce the throughput the amount of stuff that gets out the door every day absolutely true yep so it's to i think i said it right in the beginning the old wms that we think about which is yep i got it i entered it into the system i scanned it in and that seemed high tech when i was scanning it in i scanned it in i know what shelf shelf space it's on i have all my inventory i can tell you how much inventory is in this facility certain amount leaves that was all great that got it into the plant into the warehouse out of the warehouse but the problem is how effective how efficient you know did i have pick mistakes Did i have was it taking a a long time to get this done 
And in e-commerce, in the same day, next day, world we're living in, you can't have that anymore. <laughs> the, the, the bar just goes higher and higher and higher. Absolutely true. So anyway, we've touched on th- three of these tr- tr- key key WMS trends for 2023. Move to the cloud, increasing need for material handling in action. And we just talked about the rise of warehouse execution systems or WES. What's the last one you wanted to talk about today? Last trend. I think the the last trend is kind of a, a very broad-based trend, which is because of the disruption, because of COVID, because of, you know, major weather events, I think people are looking to really create strategies around how they better digitize the supply chain. And that's just, a, I think, a fancy way to say what I'm really trying to do is get a much more connected and collaborative supply chain. So when you've got a lot of different facilities and you have different types of facilities and complexities and, you know, maybe some of them you operate and some of them are outsourced, as we were talking about earlier, you create blind spots. So maybe you don't really understand real time all the inventory in every facility. You certainly don't understand real time all the resource availability. So you could be thinking, I have thousands of this part number in this small facility. Well, if I've got an order, a massive order that just came in or a bunch of orders that came in, I could just, maybe I can just fulfill it out of that facility. Well, you can, if it's maybe a couple pallet picks, but if it's all case picks and it's, you know, all going UPS, do you really have the resources in that small outsourced facility to push out a thousand UPS cartons in an afternoon? Likely not. So I think you have these blind spots and as part of uh, becoming a, a more holistic supply chain, you have to really understand better. So I think with everything that's happening, there's a better level of collaboration and visibility that's that needs to happen between modules and facilities maybe that, that we offer. And Softion's in a great spot because we have this cloud-based solution. So we can we can operate down to a basic, you know, level two operation, a very simple operation up to, you know, the most sophisticated level five operations. We have customers across that band. So if you as a customer have two big sophisticated operations and, a, and you know, 10 little satellite simple operations, we can do that. But it also comes to when you're connecting to other WMSs or more manual systems, it's now we're looking for ways to create integration so that we have better visibility on behalf of our customers for what's happening across those facilities. So it's that, that I think is a trend that will just continue so that ultimately our customers can see, really see in real time what their constraints are and what their availability of inventory is wherever it is in their supply chain. Yep. And I think this is something that, you know, maybe, maybe it seems obvious now, but it wasn't obvious 20 years ago to most people is, that the warehouse is where the inventory is at and the inventory is the business. Inventory is everything. And I've walked through a million warehouses and a lot of them were dingy, dark, and uh, you would never think of them as part of the information age. They looked like they were part of the old, you know, the, the olden days, right? But more and more companies realize that I have all this information that I'm getting from my WMS uh, that I didn't have before. So it's telling me, so I, I had somebody on my podcast probably a few years ago, but he said something, he says, brands create 
product and then they ship it out through their their uh, supply chain he says but they don't know the transportation costs the final transportation costs and they also don't know how long they held it for and he says so they don't know if it was a profitable product and he said but it was interesting it was a brand that sold sweaters women's sweaters and he said we they realized after doing adding all the carrying costs the inventory costs and all of the um transportation costs that they had never made money on one sweater that was, I think it was maroon. And so the vice president of the company came through and said, no more maroon, period. And that's the kind of information that we can now get from our warehousing management systems. And we never had that information. It, was, it wasn't, I, maybe I'm overstating this, but I don't think you would look at your WMS as this is the place that's going to guide me for the future and tell me what we need to do differently. Now it is. Exactly, exactly right. These digitization strategies, what's going on now, this transformation, it turns your supply chain into a competitive weapon. Or if you don't, if you don't move to that, you know, it'll be a, a disadvantage. Yep. And also we talked about this before hit record, like if I say same day, next day, which I say, it's, I say that so often lately, but it's obviously important to the supply chain. If I have a warehouse in Chicago and one in St. Louis, and then somebody says, hey, this needs to deliver to somewhere in between, you can now with systems say, hey, this is uh, this needs to go from Chicago. And then Chicago says, oh, we don't have the inventory. Send it to this from St. Louis in a heartbeat, as opposed to what would have been an e- maybe a dissatisfied customer or you know emails back and forth between two warehouse management teams. We don't have to do that anymore. We, we have the systems that allow us to make splits. Well, I shouldn't say they make the split, sep- split second uh, recommendation to us, right? Exactly. Exactly. Anyway, let's wrap this bad boy up. So we talked about four trends. These are uh, key WMS trends for 2023 and beyond with my friend Jim Heflin. First off, we talked about move to the cloud. Super important. We've talked about this before on the podcast. Secondly, the increasing need for warehouse integration. There are material handling integration in the warehouse system. And that's as we add new systems, we need our WMS to be able to do that easily. Uh, we also talked about rise of warehouse execution systems, WES. And last, we just talked about WMS as part of the broader supply chain digitalization. Final thoughts on this topic, Jim. Oh, Joy, this, is, this has been a fantastic entry back into the warehouse and supply chain market. I think for us, Softion, uh, you know, we have a lot of sectors covered. I'm almost every sector covered. I look around our customer base, but you know, we're particularly strong with 3PLs and healthcare and pharma, uh, consumer goods, retailers. We, do, we also do things with food and beverage and wholesale distributors and auto parts and electronics. So, you know, the, the, the variety is, is interesting because it poses different problems, whether you're using serialization to track electronics or you're using, you know, lots for food and beverage. But I think what our strong suit really is, it comes down to customer service and integration sophistication, mapping to your workflows. Um, it's, it's the thing that I hear from our customers, which is you go above and beyond to figure out how to, you know, make our solution be what we need it to be. And it's important because when you think about you were talking so much about automotive and the repetitive nature and doing things over and over and over. Supply chain is a very similar thing. Yep. You're doing repetitive 
picking, it's the same activities. So if you can, you know, if you can optimize a couple seconds or, you know, 10 seconds off of one pick, you say, ah, it's only 10 seconds. But if that happens 4,000 times a day, that's a big savings. And I think that we, that's where we really shine is looking to, to create those efficiencies. Yep. Yep. So I, I mean, I, I think this has been a great review of what we're at and what we see in 2023. Yep. I really welcome the opportunity to get to, to chat with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it too. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a funny thing when we think about going forward in this industry, 2023 and beyond. I think in a lot of ways, we, we have seen all the impact in supply chain in recent years is technology. Now we we obviously talk about we want the better lives for the warehouse workers, better lives for the truck drivers. But how do we get that data, information, making systems work better, make making let robots do the robot work, let let uh, technology do the work that makes that we might not be able to do easily. And I think that's we're also seeing it with sustainability. We did, that's not one of the topics. I don't want to get way off track. But how am I going to how am I going to meet the sustainability challenge? The guys who are holding your inventory can tell you on uh, now what isn't moving, right? So we we have so much information that can come back upstream. We used to look at once it left our plant as it was done. Now we say that those transportation management systems, those warehouse management systems, these are the things that are that are, we're bringing that information back upstream to make our supply chains faster, better, cheaper. <laughs> Very true. And you just have to get started. So I would encourage all your listeners. I mean, sometimes it can be overwhelming. We're talking about some big trends, some big topics. Maybe you're in a warehouse that is a, a little older and you're looking around and thinking, you're talking about stuff that, that you know, I'm, I'm dreaming about. But, you know, get started. There's, there, there's a lot of uh, resource out there that can help you. So if you could just even go to softion.com, we've got a great you know, number of white papers out there. We got some WMS terms glossary so that if you're thinking back on the conversation, you're like, what was that again? I mean, you can go find all that. We've got warehouse management boot camps for 2023, which is an educational series. I've, and I've taken that. Can, and that's also can, not even softy yep. on specific. So yep. that's just a, that's a public service. I'll put a link to all those things in the show notes so you can check those out. But it's, it's, it's now, to be competitive, you need a top system. It's it's no longer uh, we're getting to a place of haves and have-nots. Do you want to be one of the guys using technology to win, or do you want to be one of the guys who's making apologies for your systems not being able to do what they're supposed to do? It's very true. Anyway, what conference are you guys going to be to? Do you know? I know you're still relatively new at uh, SoftDM, but what conferences do you guys attend? Well, of course, we're going to be at Promat, so we'll be in Chicago, twentieth, twenty-third of March, and I think we're in. S3578 is the booth. So I will be there and looking forward to, you know, making new connections and certainly reviving connections with, you know, people that I've worked with for many years, even though I've, I've not been in the industry for a few years, but look, really looking forward to ProMat. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll put a link if you guys give it to me to ProMat. And when is that? March, you said? Yeah, it's March 20th to 23rd in Chicago. Excellent. Excellent. So hopefully the, hopefully the snow, yeah, hopefully the snow will be gone by then. <laughs> yeah. You should know better than that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, we all know March 23, it could be beautiful or it could be 
awful. We all know that in the Midwest. But anyway, what I'll do, um, Jim, is I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile, put a link to Softion in the show notes. I'll also put a link, any marketing assets like the uh, WMS Bootcamp, I'll put that in the show notes. Anything you guys give me, I'll put in the show notes so people can reach out and talk to you guys. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Jim. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, Joe. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yep. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, onward and upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversation with experts in the logistics field. For more details, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com or follow Joe Lynch on LinkedIn.